you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. Welcome to WW2 Stories and Real War Stories, the podcast where we explore the untold tales of heroism, sacrifice, and determination from the most significant conflict in human history. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and in today's episode, we'll take an in-depth look at one of the most iconic events of World War II, the D-Day landings at Normandy. June 6, 1944. It was a day that would change the course of history. Codenamed Operation Overlord, the D-Day landings marked the beginning of the long-awaited Allied invasion of Nazi-occupied Europe. It was a massive and daring undertaking, involving over 150,000 soldiers from the United States, Britain, Canada, and other Allied nations, as well as thousands of ships and aircraft. The planning for Operation Overlord had been underway for months. Led by General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the supreme commander of the Allied Expeditionary Forces, the plan involved a complex and coordinated effort to deceive the Germans, secure a foothold on the French coast, and begin the liberation of Europe. The invasion would target a 50-mile stretch of the Normandy coast, divided into five distinct landing zones, Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juneau, and Sword. Each beach would be assaulted by a different Allied force, with the ultimate objective of linking up and establishing a beachhead from which to launch further operations. In the months leading up to D-Day, the Allies engaged in a massive deception campaign, known as Operation Bodyguard. This effort, which involved false radio traffic, decoy inflatable tanks, and even a fictitious army led by General George Patton, was designed to convince the Germans that the invasion would occur at Calais, the closest point between England and France. As the invasion neared, the timing became critical. The assault required a combination of favorable weather, low tides, and a full moon to provide illumination for the paratroopers. The initial date of June 5th had to be postponed due to poor weather, but Eisenhower made the fateful decision to proceed on June 6th, despite less-than-ideal conditions. The night before the invasion, over 13,000 paratroopers from the U.S. 82nd and 101st Airborne Divisions, as well as the British 6th Airborne Division, were dropped behind enemy lines. Their objectives were to secure key bridges, disrupt German communications, and provide support for the beach landings. Meanwhile, the largest amphibious invasion force in history began to cross the English Channel. Thousands of ships, ranging from large transports to small landing craft, ferried the invasion forces towards the Normandy beaches. The Armada was protected by a massive naval bombardment and aerial support from the Royal Air Force and U.S. Army Air Forces. As dawn broke on June 6, the first wave of Allied infantry began their assault on the beaches, 
At Utah and Omaha, the American forces faced formidable obstacles, including steep cliffs, underwater obstacles, and determined German defenders. The landings at Utah Beach, led by the U.S. 4th Infantry Division, encountered lighter resistance than expected, due in part to strong currents that had carried them away from their intended landing zone. Despite this, the soldiers quickly adapted and began to push inland, securing the beachhead and linking up with the paratroopers who had landed earlier. Omaha Beach, however, was a different story. The U.S. 1st and 29th Infantry Divisions faced a heavily fortified German defense, with machine gun nests, bunkers, and artillery zeroed in on the beach. As the landing craft approached the shore, many were destroyed or disabled by mines and enemy fire. The soldiers who made it to Omaha Beach found themselves pinned down by relentless German fire, with little cover and no easy way to advance. Through sheer determination and acts of incredible heroism, small groups of men began to break through the German defenses, scaling the cliffs and neutralizing the enemy positions. Meanwhile, the British and Canadian forces assaulted Gold, Juno, and Sword beaches. While they also faced formidable German defenses, the combination of effective naval bombardment, aerial support, and well-coordinated infantry assaults allowed them to establish a foothold on the French coast. As the day wore on, the Allies continued to pour men and equipment onto the beaches. Tanks, trucks, and other vehicles were brought ashore to support the advancing infantry, and engineers began the difficult task of clearing the beach obstacles and establishing supply lines. By the end of the day, the Allies had secured all five beachheads, but at a heavy cost. The invasion had taken the lives of thousands of soldiers on both sides with the heaviest losses occurring at Omaha Beach. However, the sacrifices made on D-Day were not in vain, as the Allied foothold in Normandy would become the launching point for the eventual liberation of Western Europe. In the days and weeks following D-Day, the Allies began to push inland, engaging the German forces in a series of battles throughout the Normandy countryside. As they advanced, they encountered the remnants of the Atlantic Wall, a vast network of fortifications and obstacles built by the Germans to defend against an invasion. The battle for Normandy would continue for two months, with the Allies gradually wearing down the German defenders through a combination of relentless pressure, air support, and increasingly effective coordination between the various Allied forces. As the Allies pushed further into France, they encountered the remnants of the French resistance, who had been fighting a covert war against the Germans for years. These brave men and women provided invaluable support to the advancing Allied forces, sharing intelligence, sabotaging German supply lines, and helping to liberate towns and cities from Nazi control. One of the key objectives of the Normandy campaign was the capture of the port city of Cherbourg. A deep water port was desperately needed by the Allies to bring in the vast quantities of supplies required to sustain their advance. After several weeks of fierce fighting, Cherbourg was finally captured on June 26, providing the Allies with a vital supply line. As the battle for Normandy continued, the Allies launched Operation Cobra in late July, with the aim of breaking out of the dense hedgerow terrain of the region and into the more open countryside. A massive aerial bombardment preceded the ground assault, which saw U.S. 
forces punched through the German defenses and begin to exploit their gains. With the success of Operation Cobra, the Allies began to advance more rapidly, sweeping through the French countryside and liberating town after town. The German forces, increasingly stretched thin and demoralized, began to fall back in the face of the relentless Allied pressure. As the Allies continued to advance, they encountered the remains of the concentration and labor camps established by the Nazis throughout France. The horrifying discoveries at these camps, where thousands of innocent civilians had been imprisoned, tortured, and killed, served as a stark reminder of the true nature of the enemy they were fighting. By early August, the German forces in Normandy found themselves trapped in a rapidly shrinking pocket near the town of Falaise. The Allies launched Operation Tractable, a massive offensive aimed at closing the gap and encircling the remaining German forces. The Falaise Pocket, as it came to be known, was the site of some of the most intense and desperate fighting of the entire Normandy campaign. Despite a tenacious German defense, the Allies eventually succeeded in closing the gap, trapping tens of thousands of German soldiers and effectively ending the Battle of Normandy. With the conclusion of the Normandy campaign, the Allies had achieved a decisive victory, but the war was far from over. The liberation of France would continue, with the Allies pushing eastward towards the German border, while the Soviet Union continued its advance from the east. The success of the D-Day landings and the subsequent Battle of Normandy would have a profound impact on the course of World War II. The invasion marked the beginning of the end for Nazi Germany and demonstrated the incredible resolve, courage, and determination of the Allied forces. As we remember the events of D-Day and the Battle of Normandy, it is important to honor the sacrifices made by the thousands of men and women who fought for freedom, both on the beaches of France and in the countless other battles and skirmishes that took place during World War II. The D-Day landings stand as a testament to the power of cooperation and unity in the face of tyranny. The soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy came from a diverse array of nations and backgrounds, but they were united in their commitment to defeating the forces of oppression and ensuring a brighter future for generations to come. Today, the beaches of Normandy serve as a powerful reminder of the bravery and sacrifice of those who fought there. Monuments and museums dot the landscape, honoring the fallen and ensuring that their stories are never forgotten. As we look back on the events of